Runo twenty one of Kalevala, the Land of the Heroes, by Elias Lunrot, translated by William Forsell Kirby, eighteen forty four to nineteen twelve. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine. Runo twenty one, the Wedding Feast at Poyola. Argument: The bridegroom and his party are received at Poyola. The guests are hospitably entertained with abundance of food and drink. Vainamoinen sings and praises the people of the house. Then did Pojola's old mistress, crone of Sariola the Misty, sometimes out of doors employ her, sometimes in the house was busied. And she heard how whips were cracking, on the shore heard sledges rattling, and her eyes she turned to northward, towards the sun her head then turning. And she pondered and reflected, Wherefore are these people coming on my shore to me unhappy? Is it perhaps a hostile army? So she went to gaze around her and observe the portent nearer. It was not a hostile army, but of guests a great assembly, and her son-in-law amid them with a mighty host of people. Then did Poyola's old mistress, Cronus Sariola the Misty, when she saw the bridegroom's party, speak aloud the words which follow, as I thought, the wind was blowing, and a faggot-stack overthrowing, on the beach the billows breaking, on the strand the shingle rattling. So I went to gaze around me, and observe the portent nearer, but I found no wind was blowing, nor the faggot-stack was falling. On the beach no waves were breaking, on the strand no shingle rattling. Twas my son-in-law's assemblage, twice a hundred men in number." How shall I detect the bridegroom in the concourse of the people? He is known among the people as in clumps of trees the cherry, like an oak tree in the thickets, or the moon mid stars in heaven. Black the steed that he is driving, which a ravenous wolf resembles, or a raven keen for quarry, or a lark with fluttering pinions. Six there are of golden songbirds, on his shafts all sweetly singing and a bluebird seven are singing, sitting on the sledge's traces. From the road was heard a clatter, past the well the runners rattled. In the court arrived the bridegroom, in the yard the people with him. In the midst appeared the bridegroom with the greatest of the party. He was not the first among them, but by no means last among them. Off, ye youths, and out, ye heroes, to the court, O ye who loiter, that ye may remove the breastbands, and the traces ye may loosen that the shafts may quick be lowered, lead into the house the bridegroom. Then the bridegroom's horse sped onward, and the bright-hued sledge drew forward, through the courtyard of the master, when said Poyola's old mistress, O my man, whom I have hired, best among the village servants, take the horse that brought the bridegroom, with the white mark on his frontlet, from the copper-plated harness, from the tin-deck breastband likewise from the best of reins of leather and from harness of the finest lead the courser of the bridegroom and with greatest care conduct him by the reins of silken fabric by the bridle decked with silver to the softest place for rolling where the meadow is the smoothest where the drifted snow is finest and the land of milky whiteness lead the bridegroom's horse to water to the spring that flows the nearest where the water all unfrozen gushes forth like milk the sweetest, neath the roots of golden pine-trees, underneath the bushy fir-trees. Fodder thou the bridegroom's courser, from the golden bowl of fodder, 
from the bowl adorned with copper with the choicest meal of barley and with well-boiled wheat of summer and with pounded rye of summer then conduct the bridegroom's courser to the best of all the stables to the best of resting-places to the hindmost of the stables tether there the bridegroom's courser to the ring of gold constructed to the smaller ring of iron to the post of curving birchwood place before the bridegroom's courser next a tray with oats overloaded and with softest hay another and a third with chaff the finest curry then the bridegroom's courser with the comb of bones of walrus that the hair remain uninjured nor his handsome tail be twisted cover then the bridegroom's courser with a cloth of silver fabric and a mat of golden texture and a horse-wrap decked with copper now my little village laddies to the house conduct the bridegroom gently lift his hat from off him from his hands his gloves take likewise i would fain see if the bridegroom presently the house can enter ere the doors are lifted from it and they have removed the doorposts and have lifted up the crossbars and the threshold has been sunken and the nearer walls are broken and the floor planks have been shifted but the house suits not the bridegroom nor the great gift suits the dwelling till the doors are lifted from it and they have removed the doorposts and have lifted up the crossbars and the threshold has been sunken and the nearer walls been broken and the flooring planks been shifted for the bridegroom's head is longer and the bridegroom's ears are higher let the crossbars then be lifted that his head the roof may touch not let the threshold now be sunken that his foot-soles may not touch it let them now set back the door-posts that the doors may open widely when at length the bridegroom enters when the noble youth approaches praise o yumala most gracious for the bridegroom now has entered i would now the house examine cast my gaze around within it see that washed are all the tables and the benches swabbed with water scoured the smooth planks of the boarding and the flooring swept and polished now that i the house examine tis so changed i scarcely know it from what wood the room was fashioned how the roof has been constructed and the walls have been erected and the flooring been constructed side walls are of bones of hedgehog hinder walls of bones of reindeer front walls of the bones of glutton and of bones of lamb the crossbar all the beams are wood of apple and the posts of curving birchwood round the stove rest water-lilies scales of bream compose the ceiling and one bench is formed of iron others made from saxon timber gold inlaid are all the tables floor o'erspread with silken carpets and the stove is bright with copper and the stove bench stone constructed and a hearth composed of boulders and with kaleva's tree is boarded then the house the bridegroom entered hastened on beneath the roof tree and he spoke the words which follow grant o yumala thy blessing underneath this noble roof tree underneath this roof so splendid then said Poyala's old mistress hail all hail to thee who enters in this room of small dimensions in this very lowly cottage in this wretched house of firwood in this house of pine constructed o my little waiting maiden thou the village maid i hired bring a piece of lighted birch-bark to a tarry torch apply it that i may behold the bridegroom and the bridegroom's eyes examine whether they are blue or reddish whether they are white as linen 
Then the little waiting maiden, She the little village maiden, Brought a piece of lighted birch bark, To a tarry torch applied it, From the bark the flame springs spluttering, From the tar black smokes ascending, So his eyes might perhaps be sooted, And his handsome face be blackened, Therefore bring a torch all flaming, Of the whitest wax constructed. Then the little waiting maiden, She the little village maiden, lit a torch and brought it flaming of the whitest wax constructed white like wax the smoke was rising and the flame ascended brightly and the bridegroom's eyes were shining and his face was all illumined now the bridegroom's eyes i gaze on they are neither blue nor reddish neither are they white like linen but his eyes they shine like lake foam like the lake reed are they brownish and as lovely as the bulrush now my little village laddies hasten to conduct the bridegroom to a seat among the highest to a place the most distinguished with his back towards the blue wall with his face towards the red board there among the guests invited facing all the shouting people then did pojola's old mistress feast her guests in noble fashion feast them on the best of butter and with cream cakes in abundance thus she served the guests invited and among them first the bridegroom on the plates was placed the salmon at the sides the pork was stationed dishes filled to overflowing laden to the very utmost thus to feast the guests invited and among them first the bridegroom then said pojola's old mistress o my little waiting maiden bring me now the ale in measures bring it in the jugs two handled for the guests we have invited and the bridegroom chief among them then the little waiting maiden she the servant hired for money brought the measures as directed handed round the five hooped tankards till with ale from hops concocted all the beards with foam were whitened all the beards of guests invited and among them most the bridegrooms what about the ale was spoken of the ale in five hooped tankards when at length it reached the minstrel reached the greatest of the singers he the aged Vinamoinen, first and oldest of the singers he the minstrel most illustrious he the greatest of the sages first of all the ale he lifted then he spoke the words which follow o thou ale thou drink delicious let the drinkers not be moody urge the people on to singing let them shout with mouth all golden till our lord shall wonder at it and our ladies ponder o'er it for the songs already falter and the joyous tongues are silenced when the ale is ill concocted and bad drink is set before us then the minstrels fail in singing and the best of songs they sing not and our cherished guests are silent and the cuckoos call no longer therefore who shall chant unto us and whose tongue shall sing unto us at the wedding feast of poya this carouse at sariola held benches will not sing unto us save when people sit upon them nor will floors hold cheerful converse save when people walk upon them neither are the windows joyful if the lord should gaze not from them nor resound the table's edges if men sit not round the tables neither do the smoke-holes echo if men sit not neath the smoke-holes on the floor a child was sitting on the stove-bench sat a milk-beard from the floor exclaimed the infant and the boy spoke from the stove-bench i am not in years a father undeveloped yet my body but however small i may be if the other big ones sing not and the stouter men will shout not and the rosier cheek will sing not 
Then I'll sing, although a lean boy, though a thin boy, I will whistle. I will sing, though weak and meagre, though my stomach is not rounded, that the evening may be cheerful, and the day may be more honoured. By the stove there sat an old man, and he spoke the words which follow, that the children's sing befits not, nor these feeble folk should carol. Children's songs are only falsehoods, and the songs of girls are foolish. Let the wisest sing among us who upon the bench is seated. Then the aged Vinamoinen answered in the words which follow, Are there any who are youthful, of the noblest of the people, who will clasp their hands together, hook their hands in one another, and begin to speak unto us, swaying back and forth and singing, that the day may be more joyful and the evening be more blessed? From the stove there spoke the old man, never was it heard among us, never heard or seen among us, nor so long as time existed that there lived a better minstrel, one more skilled in all enchantment than myself when I was warbling, as a child when I was singing, singing sweetly by the water, making all the heath re-echo, chanting loudly in the firwood, talking likewise in the forest. Then my voice was loud and tuneful, and its tones were most melodious, like the flowing of a river or the murmur of a streamlet gliding as o'er snow the snowshoes like a yacht across the billows but tis hard for me to tell you how my wisdom has departed how my voice so strong has failed me and its sweetness has departed now it flows no more like river rising like the tossing billows but it halts like rake and stubble like the hoe among the pine roots like a sledge in sand embedded or a boat on rocks when stranded then the aged Vinamoinen in such words as these expressed him, If no other bard comes forward to accompany my singing, then alone my songs I'll carol, and will now commence my singing. For to sing was I created, as an orator was fashioned. How I ask not in the village, nor I learn my songs from strangers. Then the aged Vinamoinen of the song the lifelong pillar set him to the pleasant labour girt him for the toil of singing loud he sang his song so pleasing loud he spoke his words of wisdom sang the aged vinamoinen sang by turns and spoke his wisdom nor did words that suited fail him neither were his songs exhausted sooner stones and rocks were missing or a pond lacked water-lilies therefore thus sang vinamoinen through the evening for their pleasure and the women all were laughing, and the men in high good humour, while they listened and they wondered at the chants of Vinamoinen, for amazement filled the hearers, wonder those who heard him singing. Said the aged Vinamoinen, when at length his song he ended, This is what I have accomplished as a singer and magician. Little can I thus accomplish, and my efforts lead me nowhere. But if sang the great creator, speaking with his mouth of sweetness, he would sing his songs unto you as a singer and magician he would sing the sea to honey and to peas would sing the gravel and to malt would sing the sea-sand and to salt would sing the gravel forest broad would sing to cornland and the waste would sing to wheat-fields into cakes would sing the mountains and to hens eggs change the mountains as a singer and magician he would speak and he would order and would sing unto this homestead cowsheds ever filled with cattle lanes or filled with beauteous blossoms and the plains or filled with milk kine full a hundred horned cattle 
and with utters full a thousand as a singer and magician he would speak and he would order for our host a coat of lynx skin for our mistress cloth-wrought dresses for her daughters boots with laces and her sons with red shirts furnish grant o yumala thy blessing evermore o great creator unto those we sing around us and again in all their doings here at pohjola's great banquet this carouse at sariola held that the ale may stream in rivers and the mead may flow in torrents here in pohjola's great household in the halls at sariola built that by day we may be singing and may still rejoice at evening long as our good host is living in the lifetime of our hostess yumala do thou grant thy blessing o creator shed thy blessing on our host at head of table on our hostess in her storehouse on their sons the nets when casting on their daughters at their weaving may they have no cause for trouble nor lament the year that follows after their protracted banquet this carousal at the mansion end of runo twenty one recording by expatriate in bangor maine